This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for tuning in, listening in. Well, the anybody but Trump campaign is starting to get serious. Some establishment types are deciding to support Ted Cruz now, even though he would never have been their first choice. Their, their first choice, Jeb or Scott Walker or George Pataki or Rick Perry, is gone. Or, like Marco Rubio or John Kasich, simply aren't winning. So, Lindsey Graham has said Cruz is a better choice than Trump. Well, too late. Trump won Graham's home state of South Carolina. Haley Barber finally endorsed Cruz. Too late. Because Mississippi, Haley Barber's home state, was also won by Trump. If there's a theme here, it's too little, too late. My initial theory on Trump was essentially a replay of the 2012 election. Last time, there was an anybody but Romney movement, and they were willing to try just about anybody. One candidate after another took the lead, only to stumble and fall. You had Perry, Kane, Gingrich. One by one, the anti-Romney folks faltered, and the GOP settled on Romney because they couldn't settle on anyone but Romney. Well, I initially thought Trump was just the first in a series of anybody but Bush, and I was wrong. I realized I was wrong when Trump insulted John McCain and all POWs and didn't lose any points in the polls. That could have never happened in 2012, and it signaled that that things were were different. He would have been done at that point the last go-round. So, since he was still holding steady between 20 and 30 percent, I decided I had to change my theory. Things just weren't going according to theory. And when observations don't match theory, you change your theory. So my belief then was that Trump would hold on to a strong and devoted core, about 25 to 35 percent of the GOP, and that as long as there remained a large field, that would be enough to keep him in first place. Only after it got down to a two or three person race would Trump start to fade as the front runner. Not so much because he was losing support, but because the opposition would start to consolidate around an alternative. And that is indeed what's happening, but it's happening too slowly to be effective. It needed to happen in early February. We're now in mid-March, and Trump is still marching on. It's not that he's gained a big boost in support. It's There's still three other candidates in the race. Just do the math. If Trump holds 35% of the vote, which he's currently doing, the other three are fighting over the remaining 65% of the vote. Divide that three ways and you get 21.67%. 21.67 is lower than 35. It's pretty simple math. Trump has gathered 461 delegates so far, and that's about 37% of the delegates that have been up for grabs. He won 15 states. He's gotten about 35% of the popular vote, just like I thought he would. So if things keep going at this pace, Trump will remain in the lead, but not have enough delegates to win the nomination before the convention. And you hear a lot of pundits right now saying that. He's not on pace to win the convention. He's not on pace to win before the convention. Okay, but see, we aren't going to keep going at this pace. An important shift is about to take place. Winner take all. Up until now, delegates have been awarded proportionally. So Trump has won 15 states, but he's had to share those wins with Cruz and Rubio and Kasich. And that's about to stop. The, the real clear politics 
average of polls is Trump winning about 40% of the vote in Florida right now. If that happens, Trump would get 100% of Florida's 99 delegates. Trump will boost his delegate total so far by about 20%, winning a minority of just one state. It's a game changer. And it most likely means the game's over. I'm not saying that based on emotion or, or what I want to happen or what I fear will happen. I'm just saying that based on math and logic. And you're welcome to check my work here. The only contender who is close to Trump right now in the delegate count is Ted Cruz. He's won seven states, and most of those he won by wider margins than he lost to Trump in the states that Trump won. So last Tuesday, when Trump won two states and Cruz won two states, Cruz actually gained more delegates than Trump did because of his larger margins of victory. But the problem for Cruz is where he's winning. Cruz is winning mostly in flyover country, in the states in the Great Plains, which don't have as many delegates as the states in areas where Trump's winning. Cruz won in Texas, yes, but he also won in Oklahoma and Kansas. He won in Idaho and Iowa. That, that's kind of the region where he's won. He's won in Maine and Alaska, too, but those are a little bit odd. But Trump is winning in New England. He's winning in the Midwest. He won the South. And he's likely to win the West, certainly more likely to win the West Coast than, than Cruz is. So with that map in mind, let's look at what the delegate math will show us going forward. All right. So Trump has 462 delegates currently. He needs 1,237. Well, on March 15th, we start winner-take-all in many states. And let's just add up the states going forward that are winner-take-all that are likely to go for Trump. First one's Florida. That gives Trump 99 delegates, taking him to 561. Illinois is also a winner-take-all, giving Trump another 69 delegates for a total of 630. Now, Missouri is winner-take-all, but it's a caucus, and it's on the edge of flyover country. Cruz won the caucus in neighboring Iowa, so I think this is not a sure thing for Trump. We won't add it to his total yet. North Carolina is a proportional state, so while Trump currently leads there, and he's won in the states all the way around North Carolina, we're not going to add that to his total. But, but remember North Carolina. It has 72 delegates to give, and we're going to come back to it later. Trump currently leads in Ohio, but Kasich could pull out a win in his home state, so we won't put that in Trump's column either. But just winning Florida in Illinois, Trump is almost halfway to the finish line. Let's move on to March 22nd. Arizona is a winner-take-all state, and Trump is likely to win it. That's 58 more delegates for a total of 6088. Utah also votes that day, but it's a caucus, and Cruz could pull out a win. It's winner take most, but I'm not going to add any points yet for Trump. April 5th, winner take all in Wisconsin. Now, I think this is likely Trump territory, but Rubio won neighboring Minnesota. Cruz won neighboring Iowa, so let's not call Wisconsin yet. April 19th starts with winner take most New York. Trump is going to win that, and he's going to win it big. So let's give him 60 of the state's 95 delegates. That takes us to 748. The next week is going to be big for Trump. Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island all vote. Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania are all winner-take-all. So ignoring the other two states, Trump picks up 125 delegates at a minimum. That leaves him at 873. 
May 3rd, Indiana votes, likely giving Trump another 46 delegates for a total of 919. Now, on May 10th, Nebraska and West Virginia vote. Nebraska should be cruise territory, and I'm just not sure about West Virginia. It's, it's probably Trump territory, but maybe not. So let's not give Trump any delegates just yet. May 17th is Oregon. May 24th is Washington. These aren't traditionally GOP states, and while I think they will go for Trump, I'm just not willing to bet on it yet, so let's hold off. The last primary day is June 7th, and it means a big delegate haul for Trump. California, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota all vote that day. Cruz is likely to pick up Montana and South Dakota and could also grab New Mexico, but California and New Jersey are Trump territory. California gives him 172 delegates. New Jersey gives him 51. That means our math here puts Trump at 1,142 delegates thanks to the big winner-take-all states he's likely to win. He's only 95 delegates away just with that, that addition. Let's go back to North Carolina. He's likely to win a majority of the 72 delegates there. Another win in Washington or Oregon or West Virginia or Wisconsin or Missouri or Ohio. And it's over. Just one of those. Trump wins before the convention. So how do you stop Trump? Well, frankly, I'm not sure you can. And, and the GOP establishment only has itself to blame because they were way too slow to stand up for principles. Ted Cruz is the most principled conservative in the election. And he's the only one winning multiple states against Trump. But it's taken the establishment way too long to stand up for Cruz's principles over Trump's populism. And that, ironically has been the GOP's problem for far too long. They have been slow to stand for principles even when the voters demanded that they take that stand. And that lack of principled action is what created the anger that gave rise to Trump in the first place. Because they wouldn't stand, they're now going to have to step aside because it's too little, too late. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning.